Welcome to another edition of the Built for the Storm podcast. Hosted by three-time World Series champion Jeremy Affelt. Affelt brings it. Chopper on the infield. Affelt to the bag himself. Get ready to experience life's winding journey through the minds of proven leaders in the worlds of sports, business, and entertainment. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affelt. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affelt. As they draw up your own personal playbook to overcoming the odds and achieving real success. We just don't give up. We don't quit. You know how we pieced everything together, man. Seeing teams win like this, the way we win. What's the best way to weather a storm? Run into it head on, charging full steam ahead. This is unbelievable, you know, game seven. I mean, this will be a memory for a long time for me. I'm so happy I got to come to the park today. Here's the fearless leader of our pack, Jeremy Affelt. My guest today on Built for the Storm podcast, I have two gentlemen here that I'm super excited to talk about, Paul and Brad. I appreciate you gentlemen coming on. They are a part of an organization (laughs) called Kappa. They are a post-production company. They've done a lot of things. They're actually into more than that. One of the most impactful films, in my opinion, The Chosen, the series, everything was good about it, but they've done so much more. They've done so many more scenarios with some amazing movies, and we'll get into that. But I just really appreciate their hearts, the reasons why they do what they do. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, for being my guests today on, on this show on Built for the Storm. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to be with you. Awesome to talk yeah. to you, man. Thank you. I already, uh, I, I told Paul I forgive him for his hat already. Uh, so uh, uh, we'll forgive him for yeah, the Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, forgiveness needed on both sides here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, they, you got you to gotta tip your hat a little bit too. They seem to always be at the top of the division. My Giants are kind of yeah. seeing and finding find ways to continue to not be here the last <laughs> few years. But uh, I appreciate you guys coming on, man. I, I, I appreciate the industry. The film industry is such a, a dynamic industry for me. Uh, I'm a big storyteller myself. So when I speak, I speak in story. I, I talk about my story and relatable. So I've always related to movies. Uh, I was a part of a, a, a film you guys might have heard. Well, yeah, it's called The Heart of Man. Uh, I helped Dirt. I helped with that. And it was yeah. such an amazing thing to be a part of and to bring in to people's TV sets. I was so thankful for it. And I probably got more respect just knowing and understanding the process of that. I mean, obviously I wasn't on set. I didn't do all, but I was brought into a lot of different things and told and, and then seeing it and seeing the impact, it, mm-hmm. it was different when you're a part of it. I definitely think you guys have a very unique job and it's so important. Looking more into it, predominantly right now is faith-based films, correct? That's what you guys are doing? Yeah. Okay, so you were not originally a part of that, though. Originally, you kind of you you're still in, you were in the Universal Studios area. You probably still are, I believe. You have a facility down there, if I if I remember correctly. Right. But that's right. Yeah, yeah. You started out in post production of just films, correct? Yeah, we were doing basically we're working in the secular you know world with the secular audiences. I grew up in the business. My dad was a, a director and he was an animator and he did a lot of things. He's a writer, and our family culture was entertainment and. Just like your family culture's baseball, you know, your kids, yeah. and your family, that's what you're going to talk about because you've lived there and, and you can share things that are unique. So that's what happened to me. We went through a time where my dear dad, he just uh, kind of had us immersed in that. And so it was real natural to go into it. We got into the business. My family were not believers. I grew up in a household that did not know God. And we just, uh, we worshiped work 
and accomplishment. That's what we, we did. Mm. And, and my parents, they, they never told me to work that way, but they showed me. And so that's kind of how it rolled. And we, we went through that uh, season and just kind of grew up to, to become people that would want to try to do stuff and accomplish. And as I look back on it, I think uh, one of the biggest problems I had was just idolatry, just worshiping the money and what, you know, you know, do you like me? Could you like me? I like you. <laughs> you yeah, know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And just a praise of others. And that's how it started there. So that swept me into the business. And uh, as we got going, uh, we just we were taking stuff. I was just so grieved by the things we were doing, but I couldn't stop doing it because we felt like, oh, I got to make payroll. And I got to keep going. And, and uh, so just doing a lot of damage, the stuff I put my hand to uh, is not stuff that was lifting the culture up, was tearing it down. And so, yeah, and pretty easy to do in that world, correct? Pretty easy to do in that world, right? Like you're kind of caught up into the emotion. Hey, this is just a job. We're just working on a film. Someone liked it. We don't really, it doesn't matter to us. We're putting it together. How do you want it done? We'll take care of it. We'll throw it on the screen. Good to go. Next movie. Kind of normal, right? Right. And you're not, you're not breaking the law or anything, but you're, you're breaking God's laws. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And you're messing with emotions. I mean, parents, we we get that. As you get to be an adult, I feel like we lose that a little bit because it's like, well, I, I'm mature enough to handle it. Like I can I, I can process through what I don't like and do like, or I can process maybe through what I am going to accept from the film, what I'm not going to accept from the film. And that's the normal excuse for all of us a lot of times. But as parents, we don't even think that way. We think, wait a minute, what's that film saying? I don't want you listening to that. I don't want you to like, we already think that way. We just don't want to think that way in general. We just want to blame it on well, I got kids. So they can't think that way, you know, like it's kind of normal for us. So I can see that, but I can also see the damage that film can do just as much as the good that film can do uh, is is pretty interesting on how the brain can function. I tell my kids this all the time. I was like, listen, what kind of video games are you playing? And what are you telling yourself? Same with film you're downplaying the intensity you're simplifying it to where it's like no big deal. Life is almost like no big deal. It's just, it's just life. It goes away. It's fleeting, but there's no restart. There's no end in replay of the movie. You don't get to walk off set in real life. You don't get to Mm. hit redo on your game in real life. And I think that that's what I kind of find intriguing, worrisome, and somewhat convicting sometimes with, with film. I'm, I'm sure that's kind of what you guys were starting to feel a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, picture it from our perspective. You got, it is so hard, so time-consuming. You take a year and a half, two years, three years to finish a film, right? And you spend all this time, all this energy, all your, just every bit of your passion has to go into it. And if you're not doing that, then there's, you know, 50 people behind you trying to take your job. Probably like, you know, being in the big leagues. Like you, bet, you better be focused, you know? Yeah. In our world, you start to do that, then you, you walk away from it after you know a couple of years of your life and all your energy, your blood eating, you're yeah. bruised from it. You're like, what have I put out into the culture? Yeah. Man, I've been I'm part of the problem here. Right. And that got to a place, Jeremy, where we just kind of felt we can't do that anymore. We just won't do it anymore. And just we just gotta, you know, jump out of the plane, so to speak, and just trust God. And we're just gonna go all in for doing stuff that we wanna that would uplift the culture and point people to God. Yeah. 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 And the risk in that, right. Was there risk? Like you decided to do that. So you decided you went to faith-based films and this is obviously a touchy subject. And there's going to be a lot of people for me, you know, listeners and scenarios. I have a lot of listeners in the Bay area. We have a lot of listeners elsewhere 
and faith right now in everything. It's the same as race. It's the same as faith. It's the same as, you know, yeah. sexual preference and gender. Everything's so touchy right now, how we talk about it, how we say it. But the risk for you guys, not in the personal risk, you had a personal conviction. I get that. But there had to been a business risk. Did you see a business yeah. pushback when you switched to, hey, look, this is just us. This is our feeling. We, it's not like you hate people that don't follow follow your scenario because right. that's right. not good either. But you have a conviction. You have a talent. You have a God-given yeah. talent. And you felt like, hey, man, this is now how we want to use that. But how did Hollywood respond to that? Go for it. Yeah, Paul took the risk, man. You you nailed it, Jeremy. It was a massive risk. It was it was he, Paul put everything at risk as far as the entire company, hundred percent. Yeah, no, you're right. We just got where we couldn't do it anymore. And my wife and I talked about this quite a bit, prayed about it. Brad and I didn't. Pray. We just the three of us just kind of rolled around this thing, and and really what yeah. it came down to is we're just going to have to do it God's way or not at all. So in doing it, we just felt like like Brad said, once we did it. It was kind of prepare for impact, you know, just kind of hunker down and get ready. We didn't know what was going to happen. And God was gracious to us. And I think there's a message for people that are listening. Sometimes you do this stuff you don't want to do, you don't think you can do. And mm. he's there. He's totally yeah. there. Yeah. You know, I'll add this, Jeremy, that, you know, you say, well, how did Hollywood respond? For the most part, so when we made, we pivoted the company in 2016. So it's been like seven years. Since, you know, Cap has yeah. been around since the 80s. Yeah. But it was in 2016 that you know the press release went out that we now exist for the glory of God. Like let the chips fall where they may. You know we didn't try to hide it. We didn't try to be relevant. We didn't try to live in two worlds. We didn't try to say well let's be cool here and cool here. You know live in two camps. We just said we're just going to be really clear and unapologetic as to who we serve. Yeah. And is there a price to pay? Of course. Throughout right throughout all of human history, anyone who tries to follow down, there's going to be a price to pay. Yep. But in our case, what was interesting, Jeremy, it wasn't. Yeah, most of the people, they didn't like throw rocks at us. They would just like stop calling us, sure. right? But in our world, most of it was us saying no to them. Ah, got you. Like we turned our backs on 80% of the work. And that was the killer. Yeah. Like you're a, you're, we're a service provider, right? We, we need the business coming in and we've got, we need clients. And when you're saying no to 80% of your customer base yeah. because of biblical convictions, right? Just personal convictions. That is a tough way to go. So it kind of forced us to say, if we're going to do this, we have to radically depend on God and he's going to have to make it work. It can't be our hands. We can't do it if we want it to. Yeah. I just want to say we had, a, I had another uh, anecdote I'd like to give you. I had one guy call me particular. There were a lot of people, I spent a lifetime doing this. And so they, you know, they push business through us. We know each other, you go to lunch and, you know, people, we work together, you know, you just do it. And one guy called me after we told him, okay, I'm not going to do your show. And he called back later and said, so, so what are you doing? How does this work? <laughs> like he yeah. wanted to know the rules, you know, <laughs> what, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What? I said, well, I, I don't know. You just have to bring it to me and I'll see. And he's like, well, wait a minute. You, you, can't you just, you know, he wanted to get something like lined out. And after that, that pretty well took care of him. He, he went his way because it's silly, you know, really to yeah. someone that's in the secular entertainment business. It's like, you know, there's a hundred more people that are ready to work. If you don't want to yeah. work, then I'll find somebody who will. And that's how they do it. So, but that, that was yeah. like telling, I remember he's like, well, what do I do? And how do we do it? Cause he called through friendship and he wanted to, he wanted to like figure out how we can do, is there a way to make this work? You know, 
That's yeah, what he was trying doing. to get a bro deal done. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. those. We get those all the time. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I've always wondered, how do you see this? Now, obviously, you can't speak for other people, but do you see this battle a lot in this world? Because there's actors out there that are mm. professing their faith, but then they're doing yeah. roles that don't always reflect that. But what is the battle? Is the battle... How do you see that? Do, is it a, yeah. do you see it as like a, well, it's, I'm just acting, I'm playing a part, or is there a legit battle going on with some of these actors who yeah. are very, very talented, very talented, having a hard time trying to figure out what movies they should and shouldn't do. And sometimes when these mainstream movies come out, blockbusters and they're in them, is it because it, they were kind of caught up in your situation where it's like, hey man, I got bills to pay. I got a house. I got kids. I, I got a lifestyle that I've chosen. I got to do it. Or do they have that situation where it's like, no, I can draw that line. I'm just not drawing that line. Do you see that? Totally. Yeah. I mean, we see a lot yeah. of people. We see a lot of that stuff. When people come and call us. Brad and I have sat here with many that actually show up over here. They call and they say, hey, man, you know, there's these shows that are going on that I really shouldn't be doing. And, and yeah, it, whether it's actors, casting directors, DPs, just writers, just all kinds of people will come. And what happened is when Brad, Brad, he put a stake in the ground and said, okay, we're going to serve the Lord cut nothing more. And when mm. we started doing that, that's what started to really bring people in their style. Oh, can you help advise me? Or can, you know, can, let me tell you my story. So I think sure. there is a commonality of, of uh, that, but, yeah. you know, and you think, look, you, you always think you can run the line, but you just can't. And yeah. uh, the problem is, it's just, it's just who are you going to serve? And I, I had to face that. And look, we're not perfect. And please, I want to make very careful that as we talk here, what Brad, what happened to Brad and me is we now have a different target and we know where yeah. to shoot. We know where to go. And sure. so on the good days and bad days, if you're up, you're down, but you always know how to recalibrate and get back to where you want to be. I hope that's an encouragement because that's what people have to recognize. It isn't game over. There's many innings in the game. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I think that's, you know, I, well, obviously I run a brewery uh, here in Texas, right? And so there's a lot of people that are like, dude, you have alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> but you're a Christian. I am. Love Jesus a lot. And they're like, well, can Christians have alcohol? Well, pretty sure. Pretty sure they did. Like and I said, there's a lot of, I said, and there's a lot of monks out there and there's a lot of early church leaders that were really into beer. Like in bad beer. I actually make good beer. So it actually makes me better. Yeah. They were into bad beer <laughs> back in the 1600s. You know, but yeah. and you talk about, you know, you talk about Jesus, you can do the water and the wine, you can go through all those theological scenarios, but I have to reach that too of like, well, how do you handle this? Like my sister, my sister was like, well, how are you going to handle intoxication? And I said, I handle intoxication the same way I handle restaurants. Gluttony is a sin. Mm. So you can go ahead and eat a steak and a salad and have a beer and have a dessert and put 2000, 2500 calories in you. And put all that sugar and all that bad stuff in your body. As a restaurant, there's a personal choice. At some point in time, you have a decision whether you know you probably should stop eating at a certain time because it's not good for you. And I said, I do that with alcohol. I take a little more responsibility because of it, but it's like, hey, I tell my guys all the time, we don't overserve here. One, we're a brewery. It is pretty tough. I mean, you got to be here a really long time at a brewery, like, like you know, or you're drinking some of the wrong beer and we got to pay attention to it. But there's people have to make a personal decision. Like you said, they have to have a target. I'm not here to get drunk. I'm here to hang out and talk about life and do what breweries are actually meant for. And they're not liquor bars. We're not here to get slammed. We're here to 
just enjoy a good, nice cold beer or two and watch a game or converse. That's what I do at my brewery and community. But I said, for me, I am not in the wrong because I have a brewery. You know, you can take anything to an extreme, whatever you own. You can own a, a retail store and people can overspend, you know, like, like you can you can spend beyond your means. You can try to be what you're not. You can try the idolatry thing to that way. And so what I try to do is I like, what do I represent here at the brewery? What's my target? My target is to represent the kingdom at the brewery. In what way? Well, I, commu- I have community. I, I, I get to hang out with people. I get to talk about life. I do men's nights every third Thursday where I have speakers come in and we talk Jesus and we talk faith and, mm. and, and we promote it. I have a Bible study at 830 every Thursday morning here. I got 20 guys sitting at the buried in Bible study. Like my target mm. is to get people to see the kingdom no matter what I do, you know? And so the sure. target, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, in the Buffalo is that they charge storms. And so we talk about storms in life, hence built for the storm. And and, and I dialogue with people all the time about that. And I just see the community getting together and gathering. And I look at it as that's my view of communion. When a bunch of people are together at a table and they're just enjoying life and talking, no, not every conversation is faith-based, but they're communing together, right? There are a community of people that are communing. That's what they're doing. And I tell people all the time, Jesus was called a glutton, a drunk and a glutton. Why? Well, probably not because he wasn't drinking with people every now and then. Probably was it was it wasn't not eating. He was eating. He was having wine. He was talking to people. He's promoting the kingdom. And you just gotta have that view. That's how I that's how I view it. That's my target, right? I chose that. And I choose to run my company through faith-based principles. I'm a boss that way. I, I talk to people that way. I, I I keep good morals here. I mean, that's what it is. And and so for me, I, I get what you guys are trying to do. I so appreciate that. So the film side, so you come from the, the, the right. 90s. When I heard sure. Christian film, I'm like, no, nah, that's <laughs> going to be a cheese ball deal. Like, I can't, right. I can't do that kind of – I'm not even going to waste my money. But the films, they have been getting more and more – I mean, they've been really, really, really impressive, man. Some, I mean, look at The Chosen. Look what it's done. But then look even Jeremy Camp's uh, movie that came out. Yeah. Like, it was well done. It was actually yeah, – it was right. really well done. And – So you're starting to see that. And so is that kind of something that you guys see as like, hey, if we're going to take this on, we got to do it in excellence still. Like we got to find a way to make sure it's done right. Because for me, if you do a Christian, I mean, that is the knock. That was always the knock on Christian films is ah, great message. Yeah. If you can bear it, like if you can actually sit through the whole thing, you know, and not like kind of be like, dude, this is cheesy. So how do you see that industry? moving past that because for me to be able to get into people's ears it can't be the people going to these films to impact in the film industry i would think that you have to create a film that has such a good story to to provoke you to think but then Mm -hmm. keep people engaged because it's just how people have been trained for the last 30 years good movies keep people engaged cheesy movies do not. And it actually make, I always thought it put a bad mark on the Christian faith of like, yeah, great. They're just, it, it's the same. Jesus is cheesy, just like their films. Like that was kind of the thought, mm. you know, going into some of this. So how have you seen God focus you and direct you into almost like quality, you know, like getting quality films out there? Cause you put, you've yeah. been a part of a lot of several of them. So I, 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 sure. I, I think it's great. Well, like anything, there's no filmmakers that go into it trying to do something bad. Yeah, right. You know, but it's like, you know, it, there's just different levels of talent. You yeah. know, there's just different levels of talent, different levels of budget, different levels of expertise. And 
I think what we've seen over the last really 15 years, it's been a steady growth. You know, I look at it like the Christian music industry back in the 80s. Yeah. Before my, you know, it was yeah, like, it was, same, it was cheesy thing, yeah. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And then, and then by the 90s, 2000s, then the production quality just started to get a little bit better. More yeah. money starts to pour into it. Yeah. So I think the film business is now, I don't even want to call it the Christian film business, right? We just want to stay, we're just trying to do this. There's a lot of really, really talented filmmakers who just really want to express their faith through mm. their films mm. and TV shows. And so I think at the end of the day, just to have it where, uh, you know, just the talent comes together and you start to pool talent together. I mean, it's so similar to any type of team sport, right? Yeah. You need the team. You need, you need, you can't just have one star player in one position. You better have a well-balanced team. And so that's kind of our world too. So there's no difference. Yeah. So now what's cool, Jeremy, is like a lot of us that have been around for 10, 15 years, especially with those of us that come from the studio background, we're now forming together. That's the large part of what God's done with our studio, with Kappa Studios, where we're kind of this hub where a lot of people can get together and can share ideas and can just kind of build each other up. And we've seen, I think you mentioned a couple of them, yeah. projects are getting better, yeah. better, just slowly getting better and better. Yeah, because that's my thing. It's got to be real, right? Like people got to be like, hey, I mean, I've seen a lot of people impacted through these films. I mean, the, when when I can only imagine, I mean, shoot, that came out, it was great. You know, it was a great yeah. film. Jay Camp, a friend of mine, Jeremy's been a friend of mine for a long time. But his film was so good because I had so many people that have no faith that were even like, man, that was incredible. Like, I didn't yeah. even think of it that way. So if anything, you planted a seed, right? And I guess mm -hmm. that for right, me right. is super important for you guys, I'm assuming is if anything, you're planting seeds, regardless, yeah. you're planting the seeds. Well, that, sure. that's the goal. And, and look, whenever these projects go out, people see them. And uh, Brad and I have talked about this in the past. What if one life is changed? Would that be enough? Could there be two? Would we, what, if, what if the three, would there be a million? In other words, God is in charge of all that too. Yeah. And so when we create stuff, we put it out there. When we're involved with creators, we do our best. You're exactly right. Excellence, that's what we're striving for. So we want to do it as good. The guys that touch the shows that are going to touch the next film and the next film. So those are the guys we want to bring to bear on projects uh, really to make God's name great. So at the end of the day, God controls that too. And that's something that uh, was really taught to us by Dallas uh, that he just, when he went through a pretty dark time, pre-chosen, uh, the yeah. Lord just sort of showed he and his wife that you five and two, you make it and you give it and then you let go of it. And mm. it's like anything else, the Lord will take that and he'll use it as he as he needs to. Uh, name of the game is making his name great. There are small films that are very impactful. They're ones that are big. You know, and you're right. Everything's not going to be, I can only imagine, and it's just not going to be. But the great news is it doesn't have to be. We had a guy come and visit us. Jeremy, we, we, did, we had this guy um, who was an audience guy. He had done some audience um, studies and he came and visited Brad and I. He's from back east and he shows up and... Um, he starts saying that every time a movie's played, there's at least one moment, and sometimes several, but always one, where the doors of the heart open up. They open up. Mm, mm -hmm. And whatever's being Good. presented to the viewer, they're likely either embrace that or go, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like something. Unconsciously, just, you, it starts to open the door. Sometimes it's like, right, that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm convicted or, or I'm compelled that I need to do this, just like they do. So that's the one. And then there are other lesser versions. But imagine that those doors of the heart open up. It's like, OK, so yeah. our thing is when those doors swing open, 
We're going to tell them what is good and what is right. We're going to show them who God is and give them hope because the culture's tanked out. There is no hope. There's yeah. no hope. And I know in, in your Bible studies, the things you're doing, people are talking about it just all across oh, yeah. the country. And there's, there's fear and concern and worry. So I think our role in creating projects is we can speak into the culture, speak into people. And I, I spent time tearing it down. Now it's time to build it up. Yeah, no, I, I can appreciate where you're at right there. I, I, I really do. What storms have you guys, challenges have you guys faced since switching over? Obviously, in the faith-based world, we always say, man, if you're doing something right, the guy out there named the devil is going to let you know it because he's going to push back. He's going to create something to kind of let you know that he does not like you going the route you're growing. And so where have you had storms in this situation? Have you had something where you had to take deep breaths and you've been challenged and tried and you've had to make, Hey man, we've got to stay the course. I know this is the right route. Have you had those? Yeah. Yeah. Every day, every day. Um, I mean, we just look to Christ himself, man. He didn't have an easy life. You know, he had, he had a really, really, and then that's, it's just not hard to, for some reason for, I think for both Paul and I, we just, we can look to just our ultimate role model, right. In Christ himself, walk faithfully, and was ridiculed, beaten, tortured, and inevitably killed. So his message was not popular amongst the culture. Yeah, right, he paid, yeah. obviously, the hefty price of his own life. Right. But in paying the price of his own life, that ended up being the greatest good for those who would follow him, yeah. right? So it's like, we just don't overthink the room. We just try to take it one day at a time. Yeah, just keep going. Try to be faithful one day at a time, walk in obedience, stay in the word of God, Stay in prayer and just take it one day at a time. And then the storms are going to keep coming, right? Yeah. But as it says in the scriptures, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? We're trying to build it on the rock, the scriptures, on God himself, so that as the waves continue to crash against us, we have the fortitude to stand, not in our own strength, but in the strength that God provides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Now, I got one for you. Yeah. All right. Off of what Brad's talking about, a scripture that I never liked or appreciated was count it, oh, all, yeah, count it all joy in trials. Count <laughs> it all joy. I'm with yeah. you, man. I've count said that so joy. much. I'm like, why Why is this joyful? Yeah. Where's the joy? Where is <laughs> yeah. the joy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I've realized in, in reading the word? I've started to pick it up finally. And these are the places where you see God in the trials. This is where mm-hmm. his hand comes upon you and things yeah. start to work. And, and these stories in the scripture are pretty consistent. Man cries out to God. And your Christianity is the only faith on the planet where God comes down to man. He, he comes mm-hmm. down. The sure. culture and all these different disciplines are reaching up, trying to get to a God of their own imagination. They want to get there. But God, in his mercy and kindness, humbled himself and came down to us. So to see him in these trials... I think that's where the joy is. And I never would have, yeah. never have understood that as we've gone through more and more different trials. That's what we're seeing. We're feeling the confidence in God and the, and the pleasure of the Lord. And the scripture says that trouble will come to a man as surely as sparks fly upwards. Mm. Sounds pretty clear to me. It's coming. Yeah. If yeah. you're in or you're out or you're reloading the gun, something's happening and it's going to happen. So then the question is, where will we be? Were we going to trust God? And I've spent a lifetime trusting myself and I'm just not doing it anymore. I can't. 
I'm yeah. like an alcoholic. I keep going back to it and back to it, and back, but I've got to cool that. So what we've now have that target we spoke about earlier, and that's how we go. And, you know, Brad and I, um, we've just got that uh, understanding now, but it took time to get there. And the trials are how sure. I learned it. So those trials, I love your show. I love what it's talking about because, yeah, the storms is where we see the power and glory of God. That's right. Yeah, I think that that's what, you know, I had a uh, ex-teammate speak at my men's night last week, Jason Grimsley. He wrote a book called Cross Stitch, and he actually, he was one of the last calls that he, I was one of the last calls he made before he decided to pull a trigger in his 45 and it didn't go off. And, oh, wow. and he's been taken out many times. He's been hit by cars. I mean, he, this guy has been tried to be wiped off the earth so much, and he's mm -hmm. still here. And you know what? He said, you know, so many people are afraid to put the, take this mask off, the vulnerability, they don't want to be vulnerable. They're tired of all these storms. They're tired of the tribulations. And we actually relayed something to men the other day. It's like, hey, we have to remember that when we are weak, then he is strong. And if we try to be strong and we try to do it how we want, you won't feel that situation. Those opportunities will be missed. The provisions, the road, the way that God says, hey, I want you to go this way. You won't see that road because right. you're too prideful. And when you can, when you can finally say, man, I'm just weak. I'm a weak guy. I don't know what I'm doing. I got to take a risk. You guys, I'm tired of making these films. I'm tired of producing, co-producing or, or, or finalizing these films and all. You know what? I'm going to take a huge risk here because we're going to be weak for a little bit for sure. Cause we're about ready to lose 80% of our work. So, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but then look what God does. He steps in and he finds, he makes you guys strong. And I think that's what these built for the storm. That's what these, you're right, Paul, the, the trials and the tribulations is where you find joy because until you go through them, now you don't ever think about, oh, I can't wait. Where's my next, where's my next tribulation? You know, like yeah. bring it on. No one ever does that, right? No, I, I like riding the wave. I like riding that mountaintop. Yeah. I'll ride it as yeah. long as I possibly can. Love but it. Yeah. however, man, when I'm in that valley, the more you understand what it is yeah. and the more you understand how God works, you're actually kind of like, I don't love it but I know something good's coming. So I'm, right, I'm going right. to take this and, I, and that target, that target you guys are talking about is so key. And that's when the target kicks in. Yeah, but where's my target? My target's right here. I'm going to keep wow. going. And when I'm on a mountaintop and I'm riding good, great. And when I get back down into that valley, man, you look up and the target, I still follow in the target and I know the road's going to be paved for me as long as I do that. And uh, so I appreciate that analogy a lot. I really do. I think that's really, really cool. So uh, yeah, I do appreciate everything you guys are doing. Thanks, brother. We appreciate you and, and what you're doing. And I think you have a huge ministry to people that are involved in sports and, and all that. And I think it's just a great opportunity to to go forth and, and show them what you're thinking and doing. And and as a leader, they're going to look to you. And so I yeah. these are the things. And, you know, look, I'm going to give a I have a, a listener alert. I have a scripture that I want everybody to run out and make a tattoo out of. It's Isaiah 4110. Hey, man, I got all kinds of them. So all right, let this me is know. a tattoo. Yeah, I need another if you have one any anyway. room left, any room left, get this. <laughs> Isaiah 4110. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Mm. Do not anxiously look around, for I am your God. I will surely help you. I will uplift you with my righteous right hand. Boom. Mm. 4110. Eat that. Boom. That's a, that's that's a good one. Let people have that, because I'm telling you, when you are on those trials, you grab onto that and you think about that. You take it apart. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Not, not we are. He is with us. Yeah. All right. That, that's key. Do not anxiously look around. 
I am your God. You don't need any other gods that man makes. The other stuff's irrelevant. He is That's our right. God. He is Elohim, the one true God. And he says, I will help you. Surely I will help you. Mm. And then the last part I love, I will uplift you with my righteous right hand. Yeah, I love yeah. it. My righteous love right too. hand. And that's, that's the powerful. power and glory of God, guys. Yes. And so I yeah. say, let those folks, let that sink in. When it does hit the fan and you are upside down and, you know, you just don't know what that next thing is going to be. That's when God becomes very real and we can hang on to him. So I'm thrilled that you have this show because I think it's helping people recognize that, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, Paul. That's a great verse. I'm, uh, I'm very thankful. You never, whenever I do faith-based things, you know, if I post on something like that yeah. or if I post on a scripture, man, I'll get more responses and i'm like man i just freaking dig up a hornet says you even throw one scripture <laughs> on there like 900 people decide to tell you how much yeah it keeps falling that sissy god keep hiding behind your verses i'm like it was a verse and they get so angry i mean i i posted a verse one time and it went from the sissy god to the next transvestite that kills themselves is on you Oh man! Nice. You just went from nice. that to now. I'm on like, yeah, like yeah. literally the anger that people have, yeah. and I'm like, man, I didn't say anything about any of that, and you just went off right. on me, and it went so bad. Yeah. And but the reality of it is, for me, that's exactly it. The people that are so angry about that, to me, how I see it is, I say, hey, I'm sorry you're so angry, man. Just have a good day. I hope you can find your peace because this is what we're talking about. You talk about that God and you you get so angry, yet maybe you ought to look at it from a different perspective or maybe whatever you're angry at this situation, you ought to take a look at and yeah. maybe think rethink your, your situation. And, you know, so I, I do appreciate that verse and I appreciate the encouragement and I appreciate what you're trying to say in that. And, yeah. man, I, I'm so thankful for you guys and doing films. And what film do you have coming out just as we're ending, as we're ending here? Oh, what film yeah. are you guys? Go, Brad, what, tell about it. <laughs> Yeah, tell me, tell me about the new, the one that you that you guys are super excited about that you've been working yeah. on. Yeah, the film we're actually uh, we're releasing our first film as a distributor. So we're we're a production company as well as we have a nonprofit as well, and this will be our first film that we're actually under our distribution label as well. So it's called I Can oh. I C A N. Yeah, and uh, it's a pretty intense story. Paul does a great job sharing the story. We can maybe share a trailer with with you with your your yeah. listeners and such. But uh, yeah, picture you have a um, a couple that has an adulterous affair, and they end up having a kid through this adulterous affair. Yeah. As a result, they leave their spouses, and uh, this baby's born. She starts growing. Problem is, she's got only one arm. Okay. Yeah. And so, as the the film rolls along, we won't give too much away. But basically, as the film rolls along, mom and dad they really come to faith in God. And they then start really wrestling with, oh, my goodness, is our daughter's deformity mm. God's punishment yeah. for our adultery? Yeah. Right? And while maybe we all can't relate to the specific, I think we can all relate to that concept, right? Yeah. My failure in the past, man, am I going to be punished by God for that? Do, mm. I, do I'm going to pay? So that's like the parent struggle. So this girl with one arm, she goes on to take up softball. Mm. And she becomes a thinking superstar. And this is a true story. Yeah. The girl in real life is 24 years old now. The story takes place when she's her senior year of high school. Oh, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But it's a pretty powerful story. Man. Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that because I know a lot of people that deal with that. I know that my, yeah. my mom and dad, 
Uh, my sister was born before they got married, just before they got married. Mm. And my own mom, like, you know, just talking with her and processing life with her and how she used to think like there's a lot of guilt and shame and and wonder yeah. about how yeah. God views that. And I think that's just a normal dialogue that everybody has when bad things happen. I mean, scripturally it happened, right? Like the, the disciples will say, what, what did this dude do to sin that caused him to be like this? And then Jesus said, he didn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't do anything. Right. Like, like in that, in that moment, he's there to glorify me and I'm going to show you how boom. And yeah, then all of a sudden yeah. it was, it, Crazy, it, isn't it? you know, yeah. and so, that's a great story. I'm actually really excited because that's the human side of film that we're missing. And I yeah. know we got a lot of people. I'm probably going to get tons of flack for this, but we're all into all the sci-fis and all the, the, all the superhero stuff. And I get the superhero stories and I get the good and the bad that can come from it. But there's no really human side to a story like that. There's no humanness. Right. There's no any kind of like, right. oh, I can recollect with or I can I can totally get into that family and totally understand that. So I appreciate you guys being willing to put a film out that, that people can actually see the human side and be, be relatable to them and, and make them think. So thank you so much for that guys. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Good to be with you. Awesome to talk to you, man. You've been dialed into the built for the storm podcast with Jeremy Affel. And he strikes out. That's four straight for Affel. Can't do it any better than Jeremy Affel. If you like what you heard, please like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Jeremy Athel here for Free Roam Brewing Company. Do you enjoy craft beer? I do. So I started Free Roam Brewing Company. Our logo, environment, and community all reflect the mighty buffalo, a creature built for the storm. It symbolizes inner strength, perseverance, and a love of freedom. Here at Free Roam Brewing Company, we are determined to strengthen our community through the love of craft beer. Our premium quality lagers and ales reflect the diverse experiences and tastes of our community. In a boundless world of potential beer styles, we cherish the freedom to roam. So if you're in the Bernie area, whether local or passing through, join us on Main Street and enjoy your freedom. Jeremy Affel here for the Hotel Via. I know you've heard it's at the intersection of sports, technology, and entertainment, but for me, it's my home away from home when I visit San Francisco. I can give you 50 great reasons why I chose Hotel Via, but it's easier for me to say it provides all the comforts of home, family owned and operated, and of course it's across from the beautiful Oracle Park. So when you're coming to San Francisco for business, pleasure, vacation, or just coming to a sporting event, check in to the Hotel Via.